Here I'm blaming Norm. It wasn't on. It's my fault. Yeah. As you notice, in every song that we sang this morning, it had a theme. Even the song that played before, redeemed, saved. Love poured out for us. It's a, it's a theme that goes right along with Orphan Sunday. But I want you guys to step out of your shoes for a second, and I want you to imagine being born, in, born into this world alone. You have no parents, no house to live in, no toys to play with, no family that cares for you. Imagine growing up with having no idea what is right or wrong. No one's there to guide you, discipline you, or even love you. Every day is a struggle for you to figure out who you are, what you're doing here, and how are you going to make it through the day. You're hopeless, abandoned, lost, and afraid. And then one day, you're sitting in a room where you hear this awesome news. You hear that someone is coming to save you, save you from a life of hopelessness, a life of unknown, a life with no freedom. A life of freedom is coming in. Hope is coming in. A life worth living. And then you all of a sudden you feel saved. This is a beautiful picture of adoption. At the core of this story, we see something that many of us have experienced in our life. Many of us were lost, hopeless, no knowledge of right or wrong. And then all of a sudden, a father came into our lives. He rescued us from living a hopeless life and gave us a brand new life with an inheritance that is far beyond anything that we will ever imagine. Today, I want to try to paint a picture for you of how adoption isn't just the work of humans adopting humans, but it is a picture of the gospel. It is a picture of how God adopted us as his children to live for eternity with him. And through that, we are spurned on to adoption. Our scripture is going to be out of Galatians 4, verses 4 to 7 this morning. Galatians 4, verses 4 and 7. It says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons... God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, an heir through God. Let us pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you right now, Lord. And Lord, as we've had this theme of of redemption, of being saved, as being adopted, Lord, Lord, I I pray that we continue that that gratitude that we have this morning of being adopted sons and daughters of you. And Lord, that it can just push us forward into helping with adoption. And Lord, this morning as we go through this, this verse and we look at other different scriptures here, Lord, Lord, I pray that we can start to see why adoption is so important. We can start to see that we are adopted. Lord, right now I just ask you that you just remove me from myself and fill me up with your spirit, Father God, to deliver a message that is from you this morning. And we thank you, we love you, and you have your name we pray. Amen. If you look at your sermon notes, I've broke this down into three different sections. I've broken it down into the orphan, the parent, and the inheritance. And it kind of flows right along with the verses in Galatians 4, verse 7. But before we start, I want to start talking about the orphan. The orphan, and we're going to be talking about the orphan 
the real orphan, and then we're going to be talking about us. And it's going to kind of be a parallel between the two. But I want to give you some, t- st- t- some statistics. There must be something up here this morning now, or the word's just getting mailed. Some statistics on orphans, all right? It is estimated that there are roughly 140 million children worldwide that are orphans. 140 million children worldwide. In the United States alone, um, in a recent map that I saw, there are 104,236 children waiting to be adopted, that are waiting to be adopted. In Indiana alone, there are 2,888 orphans waiting to be adopted in Indiana alone. There is a work to do here. There is a ministry opportunity here in this orphan community. There are plenty of orphans to be adopted. So let's think about the orphan for a second. Let's stay along those lines and let's look at the characteristics of an orphan. And then let's see if those characteristics match up to where we were as orphans before we accepted Christ into our lives. Before God came and revealed himself to us and before he adopted us. Let's see if those those correlate at all. All right. The first characteristic that I have of an orphan is hopeless. Hopeless. And the definition of hopeless is feeling despair about something. Feeling despair about something. If you go back to the story that I read here a while ago, imagine yourself in those shoes. There's nothing in that story that sounds hopeful besides the end when you know somebody's coming for you. You have no parents, no family, no house, no toys. You have nothing. You're just on this earth. There's really nothing that you have to look forward to. Many orphans have this feeling of not being wanted, and they have this feeling of having no purpose here on earth. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say this right now. I have been so blessed. I was approached about preaching this Sunday, and I realized it was Orphan Sunday, so I don't know much about adoption. I don't. So what I did is I went and talked to people that have adopted, that have been adopted, and I was blown away. Blown away by the testimonies, by the accounts, by how God worked through their story. It was amazing. And this is a, this is a quote that I have from an uh, individual that I spoke to. He's probably about, oh, 14 or 15 now. I mean, he's an older, older adopted child, and uh, he's from overseas. And this is, what he, this is what he told me. This is what he told me. He said, if I were never adopted, I would probably be living on the streets right now. I would probably be homeless, I'd probably be into some bad stuff, and I may even possibly be dead. I definitely would not have had a chance to know my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. My life would be a wreck. That was coming from an orphan that has been living in the United States his whole life now. He was adopted at a young age, I think it was like three or four maybe when he was adopted. So he understands... He understands that he, he, he looks at other orphans and he understands their feeling. He understands that they had a life that was hopeless, that really there's nothing to look forward to. And does this not translate very well to the beginning of our orphan stage as Christians? Hopelessness is what we had before we ever encountered Christ in our life. Many of us were in a bad place and we're going down a bad path. And didn't have much promise at all. Hopeless is a stage that every unbeliever has experienced in their lifetime. 
where we knew that there was something more out there. We knew that what we were doing was wrong. We knew that there was just, there was, there was just something different about other people that we didn't have. And we really didn't have any hope for the future. Psalm 34. Psalm 34, verses 17 to 20. says, When the righteous cry out for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Not one of them is broken. He's near to the brokenhearted. He was near to us in our orphan stage. Before we, before we ever came to God, before we ever accepted this invitation, we were hopeless. Nothing to look forward to. But he was near to us. He was near to us. The second characteristic I wrote down here is they're lost. They're lost. And the definition of that was unable to find one's way. Unable to find one's way. Many orphans upon their adoption have never heard the gospel of Christ before. And it's left them in situations that they may never even hear the gospel. I could, talking with other people, many different uh, occasions where people would adopt, especially from overseas, that they would be in an environment where Christ was not, was not there. Okay, they may be living in a country where Christ was not worshipped. They may be living in a country where the, the main religion was not Christianity. And so if they would remain in that situation, not to say that, you know, somebody could never tell them about it, but the odds of them never hearing about Christ and what he did for them just went completely, the, the percentages went way down. Orphans can grow up in a country where Christ never heard. What, what a, what a, we talked about, we talk about missionary work all the time. Missionary, missionary, missionary. We talk about doing missions, spreading the gospel. What an opportunity you have to spread the gospel to an individual who may never hear it before through adoption. Through adoption. Now think back to a time where you were lost. Think back to a time where you were able to find your way in, the, in, the, in, the, in this world. Ephesians 2.3. Ephesians 2.3 says, Among whom we all once live in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. See, we were, we were once in this lost stage that an orphan may be born into. We were, we were born into this desire of the flesh. And we were once walking in the flesh, walking in the mind. And we were never once introduced to the Spirit. And we never once were introduced to this awesome gospel message that we hear every day. But none of us can hear can really exper ever experience that because we grow up in such a Christian home, in a Christian community, but there's some people here that never heard it. And they walk lost. We all at one point in our life were lost. Even if we were hearing it all the time. I guarantee if I had a raise of hands, how many people accepted accepted that invitation of the gospel the very first time they heard it? I bet there's not very many. Some people probably did, but some people probably took a little bit. Oh, I don't want to hear that stuff. I don't want to hear that stuff. I don't want to give up what I'm doing. We were lost. 
And then the third characteristic is having nothing. These orphans, like I said before, are born into the world, and they have absolutely nothing, no family, barely any clothes, no house. I mean, they, 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 they have nothing at all. Many of, us never can, many of us can't wrap our concept of having nothing. We can't wrap our minds around it. Nothing. And I'm talking about nothing to the extreme of no family. I can't imagine not having a family. I can't imagine it. Having no parents. I mean, my parents do so much for me, and they did so much for me as I was growing up. I can't imagine growing up without my parents, without my family. These, these orphans have nothing to look forward to in the future, nothing to look forward to with the hand that they're currently holding. They have nothing. And yet some of us are okay with that. You know, that, that, and, that's, and that's the thing, that, that's the thing that really that really bugs me, and it bugs me about myself, because so many times I'm so concerned with if Josh has something, I don't care if somebody else has nothing. But hearing that, hearing that, and writing that down, and when God revealed that to me this morning, or the, the, this week, when, when an orphan has absolutely nothing, not even a family, that hurts. That hurts me. That I am blessed immensely, and that they have to suffer with nothing. But there was a time, there was a time where all of us had nothing. An unbeliever can think that they are abundantly rich. They are abundantly rich in material possessions. But in reality, but in reality they have nothing. Josh, what are you saying? I'm saying what Scripture says. John 15, 5. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he is it that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So without God, we can do nothing, and we have nothing. We here this morning that are believers that have accepted Christ into our heart, have been adopted as sons and daughters, we are abundantly rich no matter what your bank account says. No matter how many clothes you have. No matter how fancy of cars you drive. It's not based on how many material items you have, but it is based on do you have Christ or not. And as orphans, we had nothing. Before, as unbelievers, we had nothing. You see how they correlate? We, orphans, orphans with having nothing, they, they, they look at the characteristics that we said right here. Having nothing, I mean, no hope, no, no future. They're lost. They're, they have no family. I mean, that has to be just completely weighing them down. And it's the same with the unbeliever. If you think before you were saved, how you felt compared to how you were after Christ came into your life. Everything is given to you. Now let's look at the parent. Let's look at the parent. Let's, let's look at characteristics of the adoptive parent. The first characteristic I have down is loving. Loving. Feeling of showing love or great care. 1 Corinthians 13, 
1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 7 says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. This love is a love that we must have. It is a love that God has for us. So it is a love that we are supposed to see, hear, and then mimic to the people around us, especially to the orphans. The parent of an adopted child has a heart of love that extends so much that they want to save a young child's life and bring them in and make them part of their own. Imagine that. Imagine that. Saving a child from having nothing, from having no future, no nothing. You're saving a child, bringing them into your life, and when, they, when you bring them in, their whole world has changed. Their whole world has changed. They suddenly go from having nothing to having a family, to having love, to having all sorts of just blessed things. Another characteristic of a parent is they're called. They're called. It's an invitation or command. Just like those who are called to the mission field, there are those here today that are called to adoption. Just like those who are called to the mission field, there are people in here today that are called to adoption. And just like I said last week when I said, if you think you're not called to the mission field, you better think differently because God may come and wake you up. You think, well, I'm, never, I'm not called to go on the mission field. God's going to call you. And he's going to be waiting for you to answer. Nobody in here is beyond the call of missions. Okay? Just like nobody in here is called is not called to adopt. In some form or another, we're going to talk about how you can be called to adoption. Be called to adoption. There's many ways that you can help without bringing in a child to your house. There's many ways that you can help with adoption. And you can be called to help that ministry. I love the word called. I love the word called. People always say, oh, you were called to this and you were called to that. And what I said here is, Many parents in here today, many parents in here today who have adopted said they felt the calling, they felt the calling to adopt before they were even married. Yeah, you saw the couple up there. Before they were even married, before they, well, they were engaged, even before they met each other, they felt in their lives that they were called to adoption. And then they came together and they adopted. Okay, many of us are in different stages of our lives right now. Some of us have been married for a long time. Some of us have just been married for a couple years. Some of us are on the verge of getting married. Adoption could come at any time in your life. Any time in your life, you could be prompted to adopt. And it, the, the important thing is that you don't ignore that calling. Don't ignore that calling. 2 Timothy 1.9. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, He who saved us and called us to a holy calling, a holy calling, calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. So let's look at that for a second. Holy calling. What is his holy calling on your life? Is it adoption? I don't know. Is it mission work? I don't know. 
But you need to answer the call when he gives it to you. And then it says here, for his own purpose, for his own purpose in grace, not for your purpose, for his own purpose, he calls us. And not only were we called to adopt, but notice in Ephesians 1, verses 4 and 5 that I read this morning, I noticed that, notice that not only were we called to adopt, but we were called to adoption. We were called to adoption. It says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless for him. In love, he predestined us for adoption. As sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. So that calling that he had placed upon our lives to be called to adoption, to be adopted, the same calling he's placing upon some of us in here today. He's placing upon some of you guys to adopt, to save a life. To bring someone in, give them life. And the third characteristic of an adoptive parent is sacrificial. Sacrificial. Sacrificial means you're willing to give up something of importance to benefit someone else. In adoption, a parent must be willing to sacrifice a great deal. A great deal to benefit the adoption child. These things include time. Anybody in here that's ever adopted understands that it is a timely process. Okay, it's not where, oh, I want to adopt, and then you go to the adoption agency and you bring a kid home that day. That's not how it works. Adoption takes time. There's a process going through it. Adoption takes money. You heard in there that adoption is very expensive. But churches, organizations, like Alex talked about a while ago, we have an adoption fund set up. But it's going to take some money. An interesting one that it's going to include is status. Status. You know, it, and, and through this, you know, I talked about, I thought about, should I mention this or not? But, you know, through the adoption process, when I'm talking to different people, I mean, I talked to a lot of different people about adoption. And I found a common theme through it all. I found a common theme through a lot of it. And it's that adoption not, is not necessarily accepted by everybody. I was blown away when I heard that, and I heard it in almost every story that I heard from other people, that it's not always accepted. Why? I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why it's not always accepted, but you, 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 you risk that. You risk that status. You risk that status of saying, you know what? I don't care what people say. I don't care what people say. I'm helping this child. I'm going forth and helping this child. The parent realizes that love is sacrificial and that things that they are giving up will hurt at times. It will hurt at times, but at the end, result is much more rewarding. But let's look at what Christ did to sacrifice for us to bring us to adoption. This is where we're going to jump right in. If, you, if you've been following along in Galatians, I know I haven't been going verse by verse, but I'm following along the same lines of the orphan, the, the father, and now the sacrificial love. It says... Right at the beginning. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. Do we understand that this morning? That God, in order to adopt us as sons and daughters of him, sent his own son forward. He sent his own son forward so that you and you and you and you and you and you and you could be called sons and daughters of God. What greater love than this? 
He sacrificed his own son. That is the greatest example of sacrificial love we could ever imagine. And he did that so that you could be adopted. He gave his son so that we could be sons and daughters of him. So what do we get, Josh? What do we get? What do we get? If we're adopted by God, what do we get? What, what is so great? This is the best part. If you don't get anything out of it, this is the best part of the entire thing. Everybody always wants to know, well, what do we get? What do we get? The inheritance. The inheritance. Inheritance is something that is or may be inherited, property passing down after the owner's death to the heir or those entitled to succeed. So the heir. That's the definition of inheritance. I, thought we, I think we saw that word earlier on. Verse 7 of Galatians 4 says, So you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. An heir is someone that obtains whatever the parent has. So when a parent adopts a child, the child instantly loses all of their current characteristics and instantly becomes an heir to the newly adopted family. The newly adopted family adopts a child, and anything that they had before, any status they had before, is gone. It's gone. Everything, they are now a part of that family, and they are going to inherit whatever that family has. Hopeless. Hopelessness turns to hope for a better future. Loss turns to a newfound love. Having nothing turns to being immensely blessed. They go from unloved to abundantly loved. A child is completely changed in that moment. You know, that, I, I, can't, I can't say that enough this morning from, the, from this pulpit that when you adopt, when you adopt or you help the ministry of adoption, you are helping, you are saving a life. You are saving a life. You're changing a life forever when you adopt or help the adoption process. Look at how we became changed once we were adopted. Were we not changed? It says right here, we went from slaves to sons. We went from lost to found. From dead to alive. From destined to hell to saved into heaven. That doesn't fire you up this morning that we went from nothing to all of a sudden obtaining eternal life in heaven, the greatest place ever, then that, I don't know what will fire you up. But it says because we are sons and daughters, we instantly, instantly, upon accepting the adoption of God into our lives and into his life, we are blessed. We are heirs. We are heirs to everything God has. He gives us His Spirit. He gives us eternal life. He gives us heaven. So what can we do? What can we do for adoption? What can we do? What can you do? There's multiple things I've listed here of how we can help this ministry. The first one, adopt or foster. 
Adopt or foster. Right now, if you, if you and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do this, and you don't have to if you don't want to, but right now, if you or your family or whoever in here, if you have ever been, if your family's ever been influenced by adoption, if your family's ever been influenced by adoption, could you please stand this morning? If your family has been influenced by adoption, just please stand up. Look at the people that are around you. These people have been changed. These people have seen how adoption has taken a life and has changed it. They have taken someone who was unloved and now they are loved. If you have any questions on how to adopt, how to foster, how to handle certain situations, look around you. These are the people that you can talk to. Thank you. You may sit down. Adoption is immensely blessed among this church. I think we have done a very good job of taking care of orphans, but we could do it better. We could do it better. There are many different organizations you can adopt through. You can talk to any of those people that were standing up. And Alex mentioned in our announcement while ago, if you look at the announcement on the back page, it gives you an opportunity. Money seems to be an issue a lot of times, but this gives you an opportunity that we have money set aside in the ABBA account, and it can allow you to get a good start on adoption. Second thing you can do is you can donate. There are always opportunities to donate to different adoption agencies. You can donate by directly donating to an organization, which you can actually donate to our ABBA fund on uh, the website. And if you go on to our Providence website, there's a direct link that you can click on that takes you right there. You could donate to that. Or, like I've done many times, you can actually adopt a child by donating to them through things such as Compassion International, Whole International. There are ways that you can help support a child all over the world. And it's not, by, it's not that much money. And it's been, an, it's been an honor. I have a, I have a little individual and, uh, it, through Holt International, and I, I, you know, they just take money out every month, and they send it down there. And then they write to you, and they draw pictures. I mean, it's, it's, it's a blessing that you're giving them money to pay for school and food. And it's just a way to help with the orphan problem around the world. And the most important thing that all of us can do is pray. Is pray. Praying for orphans around the world are what we are, as Christians are called to do. In the book of James, it says that we are to visit orphans, pray for orphans. Prayer is powerful, and praying for the well-being of these children to be protected is what we're called to do. You know, sometimes we get so wrapped up in our own little world, but it's time that we start praying for those kids, praying for those, praying for those orphans, helping in any way possible to be the hands and feet of Christ. And I want to close with this. Adoption is a ministry as important as any other. In talking with parents and children who have been adopted, they all have said the same thing. Through their adoption process and going through life as their kids grow older and as they grow older, their relationship has grown tremendously with God through adoption. Through the adoption process, they have grown to depend on God. They have grown to love God even more. They have grown to understand 
their well-being. Understand why they are here. Understand why God accepted them. Adoption is painted perfect picture of God's grace and having a heart for the lost sacrificing things that may be hard to give up and ultimately saving a life in return is what all of us should be here for this morning I know that adopting one child adopting one child is not going to change the world adopting one child is not going to change the world but you know what it's going to change the world for that one child that you adopted You may not put a dent in the orphan numbers that we see here today, but I'm telling you what, when you adopt that one child, or you support that one child, it changes their world and the way they see things. It is our job as adopted sons and daughters of God to understand this, to understand the feeling that this orphan has. And I'm going to conclude with this quote. And I could take credit for this, but I'm not going to. I read it somewhere. Our vertical adoption, God adopting us, this is vertical, should motivate our horizontal adoption, us adopting others. Because adoption is not infertility correction. It is not infertility correction. But it is the great commission faithfulness. It illustrates that the gospel message to a watching world is what we need to do. God doesn't call every Christian to adoption, but he does call every church to care for orphans in some way or another. My question to you today is, how are you, how are you going to care for an orphan in your life? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come to you right now, Lord, and we just, we just thank you. Lord, as uh, we celebrate this Sunday, Lord, of, of Orphan Sunday, and Lord, I've got to admit, my heart's a little heavy right now. Lord, just thinking about the orphans all over the world, just in the United States, just in Indiana alone, Lord, I, I, the numbers are just beyond my imagining. Lord, I pray for them right now. I pray for them all individually. Lord, I pray that you could touch them. Lord, I pray that you could show them that even though they're feeling unloved, Lord, that they have a father. They have a father that loves them tremendously. And Lord, out of that love that you show them, Father God, Lord, we pray that you you just continue to just work a, 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 a spirit up in us as a church, Father, to understand the life-changing gospel that you have done for us in adopting us. And, Lord, that that gospel and that adoption that we have through you, Father, Lord, that that could just push us forward to adopting a little boy or girl. Lord, adopting a life, blessing a life, giving hope to a life. And Lord, ultimately giving a life to you. Lord, it is the church's job to take care of orphans. And Lord, I pray as Providence Mennonite Church, as we sit here today, Lord, that we have a heart for adoption. 
Lord, I pray that we continue to adopt as we have, as so many people in here have. Lord, I pray that we continue to donate to adoption agencies as many of us in here have. And Lord, I, can, I, I pray that we continue to pray for those children that are orphans that have nothing. Lord, out of this, your hands and feet can be working in this orphan ministry. Lord, we thank you for our adoption. We thank you for sending your son down for us so that we can be heirs to your inheritance, which is eternal life with you, unconditional love from you, so we can spend eternity with you in heaven. And we thank you and we love you. In heaven's name we pray, amen.